two guys of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. My backup quarterbacks have gone up to Kirk Cousins' home, his building up in Minneapolis, and Andy Dalton beat him two years ago, and then Cooper Rush beat him in Cooper Rush's first ever NFL start last year. About this time on a Sunday night game, solo stage game, in Minneapolis. So Kirk Cousins has lost back-to-back years to my backup quarterback. What does that tell you? It tells you we have owned Kirk Cousins since he was in Washington. Didn't I just tell you he's a different guy now? You don't think he's different than what he was in Washington? Dak is 4-1 and one against Kirk Cousins. Oh, God. That's, that's the <laughs> shot in the arm we needed here. That right there is the shot in the arm. The Vikings... Maybe a hangover on the horizon after a big franchise-altering win, right? You know, oh, man, we're going to be dragging this week. Let's pop in some tape of Skip and Shannon disrespecting oh the franchise. Yes. Because he loves the Cowboys, right? Like he's he trying was, to convince he's himself the Cowboys are going now, win. right? He's using yes. we when talking about the Cowboys. Okay. Yes. Yeah. In fact, I think, he's done, uh, I think he's done some TikToks where if the Cowboys lose, he takes his Cowboys jer- jersey and, and throws it in his garbage. I've seen that one. Like he's got a Cowboys. Oh hell, he doesn't burn it. Yeah, he just throws it in the garbage, and that's his bit now. So yes, actually, you know, he probably what does he make? Like six, seven, eight million dollars a year now. He's he probably like most people when they get to be that rich, they don't wear the same outfit more than once, right? So he's probably got a new Cowboys jersey for each day of the year that he wants to wear a cowboy. So he probably does just throw it away. Yeah, Just well, lay it on fire. Must be nice when you make eight million a year. <laughs> um, well, this is Mackie and Judd daily Minnesota sports entertainment speculation therapy celebration in this case for the Vikings this week. And I think it, I think we should before we get to write that down predictions and an accountability session later on in the show. You and I both see the tweets, the emails. And Declan, too, it was mostly Judd and I kind of leading this charge, I guess, back in January of. They should blow it up. It's time. You got a 33-year-old, glass-ceiling, mediocre quarterback. Bunch of dudes like Harrison Smith, Adam Thielen, Eric Kendricks, and others on the wrong side of 30. Yep. Is a new coach and a new general manager. Really, you're just going to swap out Rick and Mike, and you're going to bring in Quasey and KOC, and a couple other guys like Harrison Phillips and stuff. You're going to bring Patrick Peterson back, also over 30. And you're just going to flip a switch. And that was our conversation back in January. We, we said, if it were up to us, go get some draft capital for Cousins, maybe a couple other guys, mm-hmm. and just get on with it, kind of like the Bears are doing. Just get into the next era of Vikings football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I admitted week one, by the way, after the Vikings destroyed the Packers, I said, yeah, they made the right move. Based on how they look in week one and the vibes in the offseason, they made the right move trying again here. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we've heard Judd Zolgad comment on his commentary from back in January. So yep. we're going to create a safe space for you to I appreciate that. talk through whatever you would like to talk through. Anyone who is halfway decent at what we do or a politician knows the absolute key in moments of crisis like this is to distract. It's You've, you've got to come up with a distraction. So how can I come up with a distraction that will make Vikings fans forget Phil just asked, that question, I've got the distraction. Come <laughs> on board. Come on board. Come on board. Just get the flag. There you the go. Flag. You can hear it waving in the wind like that. 
So anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, it's been great. Um, well, what is your level of surprise? I guess. I mean, obviously they no. There's still a lot of games to be played, and we right. we we have seen 2003. I don't want to put this out in the universe, but 2016, like we have seen hot starts go awry. This feels different, though. This even like we were talking to Alex Boone last night on trenches. He was on that 2016 team that started five and zero and then didn't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Dude, this is." He literally said, "Dude, Dude. Uh, this is not at all comparable. The vibes are different. The talent level is different. We didn't have we." He said, we knew in those first five games, we were kind of looking around, even in the offensive line room, saying, can't believe we won that game. Can't believe, wow, this offensive line is sort of duct taped together right now. Can't believe we, wow, we're 4-0 or 5-0. They kind of, even the players kind of knew, this doesn't really feel like a 5-0 situation. He said, this is totally different. But I guess, what is what is your level of surprise going back to, to January? Well, I did not expect that O'Connell would or could have this type of immediate impact, um, and especially on Kirk. You know, we can debate Kirk's stats. We can debate Kirk. I mean, Kirk is Kirk will be a lightning rod until the day that Kirk is not the Vikings quarterback. So that's not going to change. Uh, but what Kevin O'Connell has done, the ability to come back and win that game on Sunday in Buffalo, which is just absolutely still, still days later after the fact, boggles my mind. Um, I would have never thought that he had the ability in his first year as a coach to get this type of performance um, and set a tone and set a, to use Royce's favorite word, culture, uh, which I believe to be the most important thing. So I am absolutely shocked. Um, you know, the the other thing, too, now is you did bring back a lot of guys who are who are not getting younger, and so... There was risk there, and there will be risk going forward there. But that being said, if you're going to get this type of performance, then hell yeah. Then yes, we were. I was definitely wrong. I'm glad to be wrong. It's far more fun. Um, I was very skeptical if this group could come back and and perform the way that the Vikings thought. I was very skeptical if one guy could change Kirk. But I'm going to give you a play on Sunday, the fourth and eight, eighteen play. Um, if we're talking about Kirk, we could talk about his stats. They're not as great, but he's winning games. But I'm going to give you one play in particular to how his mind has been retrained, reset at an advanced age, too. He ain't young. Um, go back today and watch the fourth and 18 play. Yeah. I went back and watched it about eight times because I wrote a c- column about Justin Jefferson for my friends at VikingsWire.com. But here's what I didn't see at the time. It's fourth and 18. Can I guess? Sure. Hawkinson underneath. Wide open. He throws throws that pass to Hawkinson every year except for this year. And Hawkinson gains. Hawkinson is approximately, I think it originated at the 27. Hawkinson is about 10 yards down. So he would have had a chance. I don't know he would have made it, but he would have had a chance. But that's exactly the play. Hawkinson is wide open as as a safety valve. And there are four rushers, and there is pressure on Kirk. And the pass to Jefferson, I've heard it downplayed. Well, I mean, it was very lucky. And you know what? Yeah, there's some fortune. There's some great play by Jefferson. He still has to throw that ball. Like, I'm not going to ding Kirk for, well, it wasn't a perfect pass. It's fourth and 18. Mm -hmm. It's heavy coverage. It's a do or die. It's the exact type of pass we have been begging Kirk, you've got to make this. And to your point, Phil, Hawkinson is wide open. And 
we have ba- we've talked about since the day that um, that Hawkinson was acquired. He is a king of yak. So there's a chance you get those 18 yards. But he didn't make that pass. He made the incredibly risky pass. And yes, Jefferson makes a great play. But these are the type of things I didn't think possible. So I am more than happy to be proven incorrect because this has been great fun to watch. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something we've never done before. We on Mackie and Jed, anyways. This uh, is just for the YouTube audience. We will make it audio friendly. We spent ten minutes talking about this exact thing on trenches with Boone with with Boone breaking down the film. I'm so glad you brought this up because when people and I'll I'll pop this up on the screen here uh, for the YouTube audience. There's there's a section of people that think. Oh, finally now people are coming around on Kirk. Like, they're coming around and seeing what we've seen all along. And if you've been paying any actual attention to the last five years, what you just said is the single biggest difference in him. And as a result, maybe his stats are suffering a little bit, like the back of the football card stats. But that was a game, road environment, one of the best defenses in the NFL, and and you're down by double digits in the second half. He's already thrown a couple bad interceptions, and I will I will pop this up for you because this is the Boone and I both came to the same conclusion watching this, which was oh my god. 2018, 19, 20, 21. This is the fourth and eighteen play. Yep. Every one of these other seasons, I'm gonna roll it here. Watch T.J. Hawkinson here, bottom right. So Justin Jefferson is up here. Whoops. Uh, Jefferson yep. is up top. He chips and releases. And so you see him running an underneath route. The Bills are, it's fourth and 18. The Bills are going to allow TJ Hawkinson, if he wants to catch a pass, you know, five or 10 yards off the line of scrimmage and run for six yards of yak and then tackle him maybe for the YouTube audience, like somewhere right here, right? Because the chains are up there. Uh, And so Kirk, Kirk looks down the field, great protection. Yep. Sees Jefferson between like four defenders, by the way, but this is the throw you have to make. Correct. It's probably going to be picked. But if you don't make the throw, you can't win the game. If you check down to TJ Hawkinson, it's a completion. It's probably like a 15-yard completion. And he probably comes up three yards short. And gall dang it, it helps your statistics. But the game is over right on the spot. Yep. I think you're right. I noticed that like there's 10 yards of cushion. Remember going back to, and you know, we can, this doesn't have to be like a film study edition of Maggie and Jeb, but since you brought it up, I wanted to show you. We did a full breakdown on trenches on Purple Daily, so go check that out. But, you know, it is, it reminds me of before the season when Kirk was talking about some of the conversations him and Kevin O'Connell were having during these training camp and OTA mini camp uh, practices where he would have maybe a clunky looking practice and the media would ask him, ask him afterwards. So, Hey, what, you know, how's it going with the system, whatever. And he said, the biggest thing we're working on is, you know, I will move off a read because throughout my career, I'll see a certain read or tight coverage. And that is, and he didn't say this, but he implied right. that's too dangerous of a throw. Yep. And so I, I'll move to the, to the next read. And KOC is coming up to me after the play during practice saying, Hey, when you get that look, I want you to throw that ball. And Kirk is essentially saying, "Okay, it's a little, ri- you know, a little risky for my blood." Kirk's the guy at the poker table that's waiting for like Ace King before he even puts chips in the pot. Yep. And Kevin O'Connell has gotten him to be, especially in these situations where you're playing on the road, you're trailing in the second half, you got to double down, man. You can't, you can't just like take your chips and go away from the table. Like, no, you need to double down right now. And he did that against Buffalo, and, and it worked. 
And the game that Irv Smith got hurt in, go back to that one. That's the, what, a third and long. And he did check it down to him. And Irv got exactly what happened. I think it was like third and 10, and Irv got eight yards. And and that's the, if if this is the correct word for a guy who I believe is already 34, that's the player maturation that, that you're looking for. Because, yes, you know what? Justin Jefferson did a great job. In that situation, the ball has to be thrown there. Yeah. The ball has to be thrown there. And that, to me, is – so So where I was wrong was I did not think that Kirk or his head coach were capable of getting him to this point this quickly. I simply didn't. And I thought that that play, the play that you just showed us, where Hawkinson is wide open, and he's going to get a ton of yards. It's going to be mm-hmm. a huge chunk of yards. Um, that is the type of play that if you had shown me that forecasting into the future in July or August, I would have said that ain't happening this year. And what's, what's, what's beautiful about this for the Vikings and for Kirk is he's, I think he's, he's unlocking a new level of aggressiveness, situational aggressiveness. If we could coin a new phrase football and he's got the arm talent to do it. And he's seeing some yes. results. And yes, there's going to be some interceptions mixed in here, but the net is going to be a positive. And so to to see to, to be able to trust that Jefferson's going to come down with that football again, he might throw two or three more interceptions, getting a little too risky. But much like Matthew Stafford last year, that guy led the NFL with 18 interceptions. Yep. Who cares? He was aggressive. It, it it added more chunk plays over the top. It it put more pressure on defenses and like. You know, I keep bringing up Boone because he was magnificent on this podcast that we posted this morning. But he said, the more if, if you just keep settling for the stuff that the, that the defense is giving you, it shrinks the field and makes it almost impossible to like score a bunch of points and win games. Yes. But even if you're not completing all the passes, if you're just constantly telling the defense, hey, we're going to we're going down there. We're, we're throwing this ball into double coverage because it's Justin Jefferson. It actually does the reverse, it then opens things up underneath more later on in the game when you might need those plays. Which has to be an incredibly difficult thing for a risk-adverse quarterback to do, and O'Connell's getting him to do it, which is why I go, go back to, and this is not this is not a criticism of Kirk, but that's why, to me, this is a partnership between coach and QB. Mm-hmm. It's not just a QB who said, you know what, I am nearing my mid-30s and have never had, you know, real success, certainly playoff success. I'm going to cut her loose. This is a coach who said, here's what you can do. And Kirk listened, which is another important thing, because I think that there are times where Kirk probably has said, ah, no, 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 no. So um, I was wrong about Kirk's ability, at at least through um, nine games, about his ability to change. And I did not, I also did not think that a guy like Patrick Peterson would have this much left. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest, he's he's a Pro Bowl player right now. So the competitive rebuild to me, it sounds, you know, oh, it's great. Yeah, competitive rebuild. Uh, but the reality is they are milking from players a lot that I didn't think that they could. And And the other thing that's impressive is within the season, Phil, they're improving them. Like, I yeah. think Kendricks and Hicks, I don't know that they played great weeks one through four, but they've but they've improved. And I know the PFF grades aren't kind consistently, but you know what? Eric Kendricks recovered a bleeping ball in the end zone for a touchdown 
He's been yeah, he's been great. Like I'm not going to sit here yeah. and ding him for all, oh, but you know, now if it's obvious he is not making plays, that's a problem. Uh, but they have been able to get way more than I thought from a lot of guys, and even and it's weird too because even guys that aren't necessarily statistically sitting on great years, Dalvin, you know what? Dolphins game, this game gave you two huge plays. Yeah. Yeah, the 80, it didn't look like he had the same juice in the first few weeks. Like that 81 yard, he didn't, his long run in the first month of the season was like 15 yards. Right. And now all of a sudden he's, he's hitting home runs again. So there, there's another big difference this season for both Kirk and for the Vikings that I want to I throw at you guys. But um, this week, so it's give to the max day this week. Uh, it's also the eight year anniversary. And you guys might remember this from, uh, from news stories eight years ago that the Schoonover family suffered an unspeakable tragedy when uh, their son Patrick died of a heart condition on the ice moments after scoring a goal. Um, And so ever since then, over the last eight years, the Schoonover family has been raising money uh, through the Patrick Schoonover Heart Foundation to A, identify heart defects in kids 14 to 24, and B, to provide free heart screens for kids those same ages. And so... We'd love to raise here at Score North this week at least $1,000. $1,000. And if we do, uh, Mike, who is Patrick's dad, is going to match uh, the donations that are, that are generated by the Score North audience here. So uh, if you could, even if you can give 10 bucks, 20 bucks, givemn.org slash score for Patrick. That's S-K-O-R for Patrick. Givemn.org slash score for Patrick. And uh, we'll talk to Mike this week on the show and just kind of get uh, his story from eight years ago. But any help from you guys, the audience, would be appreciated for this cause. Um, Back to the Vikings here. So I was so curious during that comeback on Sunday when when they they go to overtime. I'm like, man, how many times have they really, in the Kirk Cousins era, gone on the road and beat a team like this. So, and I don't even know how you quantify like this. And so I just said, how many times have they won a road game against a winning team? A team that at the end of the, not a team that was like two and one in week four, but a team that finished the season with a winning record. Sure. How many times in the Kirk Cousins era? And going into 2022, I counted four out of 20 tries. So they had 20 games against, 20 road games, including playoffs, against teams that finished the season with a winning record. And the Vikings won four of them. 2018, they beat the 9-7 and seven Eagles halfway through the year. Mm-hmm. 2019, they beat the... Uh, or was 18? Was 18 the year? No, 18, they beat the Eagles. Yes. Yes, that was Kirk's first year. It was the revenge game from the yep. NFC Championship game. Yep. Then 2019, in the playoffs, they beat the Saints on the road, 13-3. and three. 2020... They beat the thirteen and three Packers at Lambeau. Now the Vikings were like two and five, so the Vikings and they ran the ball all day because it was yeah. so uh, cold. I think windy, and that was also I think that was maybe coming off the disastrous Falcons game. It was bye week I think, and then they played the Packers. So they did not trust to throw the ball twenty five or thirty there times were either. Issues, yes. And then two thousand twenty one, they beat the nine and eight Chargers. So. Beating nine and seven teams, nine and eight teams on the road, it's fine. Beating thirteen win teams on the road, there's been two of them since 2018. 
and then if you want to count just you know games against winning teams, four of them. This season, Bills, Dolphins started a backup quarterback, but that's they're going to finish above 500. Yep. The Commanders have a fighting chance to finish above 500. That was a tougher game than most people thought. Yes. So they've already got at least two, maybe three wins on the road against winning teams when the season's complete. And to me, that is one of the final pieces of, okay, as a quarterback and as a team, how good are you really? Are you really taking the next step into contention? If you can't beat really good teams on the road, the answer is probably no. You're not. You're probably not making a playoff run. Mm-hmm. The last two games, too, um, the Commanders game and this game, this game was, was against a far more formidable foe, but they're both impressive because they're both muddy, ugly, murky type of games that don't lend themselves to, you know, that that's what's sort of weird about this whole thing about, you know, just once in a while, I'd really like you to blow teams out. Well, if you blow teams out, it probably means they had a really bad day, mm-hmm. uh, unless they're crap, in which case you sort of dismiss it as, okay, you beat Team X, who cares? But, you know, this whole thing about, you know, like to see you win some games real big. Well, that's awesome if you have that that type of, of team. This Vikings team is not that team, and it's not constructed. Now, what we've talked about and what I like is, name me the last time, 17 for sure qualifies. But name me the last time that the Vikings have won a series of games that feel like they could be playoff games. Because the Commanders game mm-hmm. is very much like a first-round game. Like, like you can rip them all you want. But that's on the road. It again, it's ugly. It's not easy. You make some huge plays. Uh, the Bills game is a marvelous game. But my point being is, you are now stacking wins that feel like playoff wins, which ordinarily starts if you're good this time of year, and that's impressive. And again, that to me is such a credit to O'Connell and and what this guy at what the age of 37 has instilled in almost no time. Yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't know that they've had a string of wins like this at all since 2017. They've, they've, I think they had like, they've had a couple three and four game winning streaks, but there's lions mixed in there. And there's, it's not exactly like we just went through. I mean, they don't have a road resume. They have basically four road wins since 2018 against winning teams mm-hmm. in 20 tries. And I'm not saying you're going to go 12 and eight in those games or, you know, 15 and five, you are playing good teams on the road. But if you're, if you're an actual contender, you need to beat decent to good teams to elite teams on the road to prove yourself. And that's like, regardless of whether they lose a couple games, they might lose three more games down the stretch. It won't really impact my opinion of this team's ability to make a run because they, they already showed you that they can do this. So like I said on Purple Daily, this doesn't guarantee, this win doesn't guarantee that you're going to go 16 and one and like, oh, it's all smooth sailing. But it does guarantee that you can beat one of the best teams on the road. You know what your peak is, and it's a higher peak than we've seen ever in the Kirk Cousins era. This also feels special. Uh, in, in fact, uh, Chip and I talked about this on um, Purple Access. This, to me, and Chip agreed, feels far more like 2009 than 17. 17 was a lot of fun, and it was like this, whoa, Case Keenum's doing what, and now he did what? Um, but 2009 just had this weird feeling of this feels special. And I'll give you the one, the one small, but I think it's the key thing too. Uh, seasons like 09 have a snapshot to them. Like if I ask you about that, that year, I think you're probably going to say game three, Lewis catch. 
Like that turned that whole year from, oh, this team could be good. They got Brett Favre to, oh, my God, this is something. Something is brewing here. Um, Right now, I think it's very safe to say that the defining snapshot, potentially, of 2022 is going to be the Jefferson catch. It, It transcends the norm of, oh, that's a really nice play to, that's a special play. And again, I'm giving everybody credit. Jefferson is the star of that play. But you know what? Kirk gets credit. And more importantly, I think what it does is it illustrates the resiliency here, too. It illustrates a resiliency of this team, and I love this, does not give up. Jefferson made a catch where he basically said, screw it. I'm going to take the ball with my one hand, rake it back, and catch it. Um, And that's also because he's a phenomenal talent. But it's another thing because it's also, you know what? It, It sort of perfectly summarizes through nine games what we've seen so far, mm-hmm. which is this which is this will and belief that they're going to win games, even if it's the ugliest win of all time, they're going to find ways. Well, the, the, the theme of the day here is admitting that we were wrong. And so we're going to continue with <laughs> some wrong. write that down predictions and accountability session. Uh, Judd admitting that he was wrong here, a landmark moment presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They're I here as insurance. a guiding hand. When you've got... Rocky, potential uh, tumultuous things on the horizon. Yes, exactly. Uh, They're all about risk management, tools and resources, uh, and they're all about measuring uh, their success by your success. It's a true partnership when you partner up with Federated Insurance. Over 100 years of experience going back to 1904. Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. You like that? You like that? All right, predictions coming up. Yeah, most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd. Write this down. This is the big leagues, where we own our terrible predictions. Write that down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. It's Write That Down. Write it down. You like writing things down. With Mackie and Judd. When are you going to admit it? Why don't you finally admit that you are wrong, Judd, Mackie, Declan? I'm spending yeah. the whole show admitting to my faults. What more could you want? You did. You distracted a little bit with the Ode to Joy flag at the yeah, beginning. But, right. yes, Better we did a play. deep dive into Judd being wrong and all of us about the Vikings blowing it up or not back in January. You can find that if you missed it. Um, but this is the most innovative and risky segment in all of sports media. The only show in America that actually keeps statistical track of our predictions, so you can see how right and wrong we are on a regular basis. So we don't want to hear any of this, like, you guys you guys can never admit that you're wrong. No, we are the only show that actually shows you how wrong we are on a regular basis. So don't be fooled by these NFL Network segments where they, they've stolen the name, write this down, but they don't actually log the history of their predictions. Yeah. They just move on to the next week like cowards. Write this down and then throw it away is yeah. not part of what we do. No, it's disingenuous. Uh, so here's how it works. Every week, three predictions from everybody. They must be quantifiable. We keep track of batting averages and home runs. And listeners, if you want to participate like Michael is about to, you can send us a message through the Scorner app. Send it to Declan. We'll get you scheduled for uh, probably like I don't know, maybe by the end of the year if we can, but early 2023. Uh, this is so the the Mackie and Judd write that down calendar year. It it ends with. I guess there's some ambiguity here, but it ends with the calendar year and then football season predictions that could also trickle in. So maybe we just need to officially say that 
it's all all predictions have to be in by the end of the year unless they are football season predictions and then we so we we tally up football season predictions for the month of January um and we yeah. do kind of a a restart so sure. a little bit of a January is kind of a gray area here but uh Declan has been leading wire to wire basically on both shows really we had some back and forth on purple daily with mm-hmm. the completion percentage for a couple months but this has mm-hmm. been an unprecedented year for Declan Wire to wire situation. Yeah, you know, everyone always says when are Mackie and Joe going to admit they're wrong, and you know, they don't really say that to old Dex tweets because uh, Dex he's tweets never wrong. is uh, right more than he's wrong for the most part. So I'm doing okay. I'm I'm just I'm just trying to play my game, man. I'm not trying to be anyone else's game. I'm just trying to play Dex tweets' game. Well, let's see what game Judd was playing last week. We'll start with him. The accountability session. Oh. He was playing the push predictions into the future game because yep. nothing came off the board for Judd. Wait till we get to uh, the the uh, Purple Daily write that down. Judd yeah. suffered a very tough week. Purple Daily write that down is going to be really interesting today. Macadac had some red here. He said the Timberwolves would unveil a new starting lineup for that Phoenix game that they haven't used before. And they did inexplicably just went back to it and got smoked. And then I said against the Suns, Ant would shoot 50% or better, 25 points or more, and would tie or set a season high in free throw. I think he did that like a game or two later, but it was Uh. not in the Suns. So my radar was off. Listeners had a bad week. Travis said the Vikings would beat the Bills. He got that part right in the parlay. But he said Cousins would have four touchdown passes, two to Hawkinson, two to Jefferson. Got way too haughty right there, mm-hmm. Travis. Don't parlay. He was kids. feeling good after that first drive, though. Yeah, don't parlay. Yeah, true. Careful with the parlays, yeah. kids. Anthony said Dalvin Cook. This is a really bad beat. He said Dalvin Cook will have 150 oh. all-purpose yards. What did he have? I believe I believe he had 146 all-purpose oh. yards. <laughs> Just brutal. Oh my god. Buff. And then Eric had a he self-reported this because he's the one keeping track of NASCAR stats. <laughs> he had a three-item NASCAR parlay. <laughs> He said, so Eric said there'll be two first time winners in the NASCAR Cup Series in 2022, which there was. That the 2022 Cup Series Rookie of the Year would be Austin Cinch. Uh, he said that that did happen. But then he self reported that he said at least 15 Cup races will be affected by weather. He counted only nine. Wow. Why oh, wouldn't he yeah, just, just lie. leave that one out? By, by he could have he could, he could, could have said, oh, 20 of them were affected. You know, we would have said, Okay. You you could have checked realistically on one and two, right? That was so like you can't um, really lie on those. That yeah. third one, just lie. That was like Eric. the Tour de France predictions we had two earlier from that listener. I was like, well, I don't I don't know if Mackie and I are gonna be able to figure those ones out. <laughs> to track these. Yeah, like how do you even I guess if is there like a box score for NASCAR races where you can go in and see that the game was delayed? I bet online. Oh, probably. I, well, I mean, just with how and this is F one. I know he's doing a NASCAR, but like just the amount of information that's now available on F one, I gotta imagine that's also existed for NASCAR, and we just probably haven't been paying attention. You know, I guessing. would I would watch more NASCAR if they made those guys power through bad weather. Yeah. The walls are safer now. Don't they have Dale Earnhardt yeah, died like 20 years ago? I think the walls are safer. I'd make those guys drive yeah. in snowstorms and hailstorms. Oh, yeah. You want to you know, get me to watch a NASCAR race? Why don't you do these, you know, these uh, outdoor tracks like these road courses they have, but do it in the middle of a Minneapolis blizzard and let's see who the best <laughs> racer is. There's nothing that you could do to get me current day to watch NASCAR now. Okay, sports snob. Uh-huh. 
All right, Declan had Uh-oh. also a bad week. You said this wasn't a very high bar because they played four games. You said the Wild would score at least six five-on-five goals in the last week. Yeah. Uh, they had five. Yeah. You guys said, oh, what a bunt prediction. This team can't score five-on-five goals. This was going to be – this was hard they to get. They even had a shorthanded goal I know. last week. I know. They, they can't trouble, score. Dude. They cannot score, which uh, in hockey is a problem if you yeah. want to win games. Well, it would be nice if Marco Rossi would score at some point. Oh, I see. You said he would in the last week, but he did not. Wow. Transitioned very well. You said the Wolves would be at least five games above 500 by November 26th. This is now a mathematical impossibility. They cannot get to five games above 500 by November 26th. They do not have enough games. And then you said this should have come off the board a while ago. You said the Wolves would be a top 10 team in ESPN's power rankings at some point in October. They were not. It's one of the toughest weeks of the year for you. Are you are you, uh, are you kind of pulling a Buffalo Bills here right now? No. 17-point lead, fourth quarter? No, 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 no. Not at all. I will still not run the ball if that's if you want to, you know, me to be Buffalo Bills. But no, I'm okay. I'm doing fine. So your average has dipped to 424, which is like the lowest it's been since February or something. But you still hold about an 80-point lead over Judd yeah. at 343. Yeah. I'm at 299, listeners at 290. The home run race is still pretty interesting. You're at 15, Declan. Myself and the listeners tied at 12. And then Judd, the Luis Arise of the group here, nine home runs. You know, with Declan struggling a bit, and like like this was bound to take place at some point, I'm wondering if all my predictions should be like for July of 2023, and I just let them come to me. Or maybe I do the same thing. (laughs) I can do yeah, the same. You're gonna, thing. you're gonna have to go. You're get gonna, back you're gonna have to go on offense here, right? and and I feel like I feel like you won't. And maybe I am. I doing feel like that I'm the only one capable of being being unethical enough to actually do In that. In 2025, which you've accused me of several times, by the yes. way. Well, and my hilarious. my moral compass is absolutely fine. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm sleeping well at night, despite my predictions. I bet you are. <laughs> All right. Can keep doing you, Judd. <laughs> We're not going to change now. 53, baby. We're not going to change. Judd leads all time with 248 hits. Listeners lead all time with 31 career home runs. So there's your accountability session. Let's get guest listener predictor Michael in the room here. This is his debut on Score North, his debut on Mackie and Judd or Purple Daily. Michael, what's going on, man? When did you first become a Minnesota sports fan? Um... I guess I was born into Minnesota fandom. Um, I have six older brothers and no, it's five older brothers. And so we, I just kind of grew up in it, you know, and just kind of always lived the Minnesota misery, I guess. The Minnesota misery. The Minnesota misery. That we need well to print put. those shirts at some point. Yeah. Uh, so, well, that's kind of how it works. You're usually born into, it'd be nice if you could, as a baby, you could just like choose if you had the consciousness to choose I'm going to be a 49ers fan or something. Patriots. Yeah. I would have picked the Patriots. I was born in 97, so it would have been yeah. perfect. Perfect. Yeah, Patriots. <laughs> uh, so we'll start with Michael over to Judd, Declan, and back to me. Three trips around the room. The predictions must be quantifiable in some form. Write them down. It's like a, like a personal contract with ourselves. So, Michael, you start us off, man. Go ahead. Well, write this down. Justin Jefferson and Christian Derrissaw will be selected as first team all pros. Ooh. Yeah, that's tracking for sure yep. at this point. Right? That's a solid one. Yep. Is there anyone else? Is Patrick Peterson tracking? No. 
First team All-Pro? So. No, I don't think so. Zadarius Smith could be a second team yeah, All-Pro. Yeah. That All-Pro team is really, really hard to make. So it's stacked. Oh, yeah. who, who's the dog? Oh, look at the puppy. Otis. 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 Who's a good Otis. boy? The Nutrisource for Otis. Nutrisource Otis. Otis. You want to talk about how great it is? That's a great dog. He recognizes you guys' voice. He yeah. listens to you in the car all the time. Oh, that's sports. Big sports fan, boy. probably. Yeah. Big sports fan. <laughs> Otis. Okay, uh, Judd, over to you for your first all prediction. Right. My first prediction Write is this. Write this down. I'm actually going to put some faith in a team that I thought I was done with, but the reality is this. Their opponent on Saturday is also not wow. good. So the Gopher football team will end its seven-game losing streak against Iowa on Saturday. So they're playing the Hawkeyes here on Saturday. They will beat them, and that will be the first time that P.J. Fleck has beaten the Hawkeyes. I saw a note that the over-under in that game I think is 34-and-a-half, which is like the lowest point spread for two schools from a Power Five conference in like twenty years, wow! And I'd it still that. seems a little high, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it does. Thirty. Try to do the math on okay, who's going? Who's scoring more than seventeen in this game? So what's our what's our path here? We need we need a Purdue loss, right? Because yep. Purdue Purdue. Yep. So right yes. now it's Purdue, Illinois. There's five teams tied with three losses in the in the division. And uh, Illinois plays Michigan, so they're probably going to lose and get to four. If the Gophers run the table and Purdue runs the table, Purdue plays like Northwestern and Purdue then, some yeah, crappy yes, team. Yes, it's going to be very difficult, and Purdue then wins it. Yep, so you need Purdue to That was a pesky loss to the Boilermakers at um, Huntington Bank. How about that? Homecoming, home game against Purdue, and you can't score. And that's yeah. why they're not going to. Write this down. No, I picked out the engagement ring that day, and I went to saddle up at the bar to distract the uh, girlfriend. She thought I was still golfing, and then they lose a game at Purdue. So maybe I was the bad <laughs> omen there. So, it, so you had to kill like five hours. I had to kill like four hours. Yeah. So like I was able to trick up, you know, two hours to ring shopping. Like that was good, but I needed two more hours. So I literally went to a bar by myself and watched the second half of the Gopher <laughs> football game against Purdue. That is what Which I did. Which bar did That's you awesome. go to? Uh, I went to Burger Moe's on West 7th in uh, downtown St. Paul. Okay, so you had to, because like, you can't go to a Minneapolis bar in case right. she, like, wanders into one or something. Right, or, yeah, I just, I just figured out. Uh, then, she, then she's going to think you're cheating on her. Yeah, right? exactly. Just, you know, you Give me another shot. My yeah. boyfriend sucks. Yeah. I've been going to every bar in Minneapolis. Well, certainly, please. <laughs> okay, over to Declan here. All right. Write this down. Uh, I'm going to make a World Cup prediction. World Cup starts next week. Oh, so I love this. Write this That's down. Call. The United States men's national team will beat Wales in their World Cup qualifier on Monday. Wales. So they play Wales. Wait, they and have actually, a, they, have a, they have a qualifier? Well, it's not qualifier, pool play, oh, whatever the hell it pool is. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm not going to pretend to know what the hell I'm talking about here. They're in Group B. <laughs> All right. They're going to beat Wales. They're, They're going to beat, beat Wales. And I looked at this because okay. I thought, like, oh, is the United States heavily favorites? According to FanDuel, it is about even between both these teams. So it is not a, at least in terms of the betting side of things. I know there's probably some soccer stands being like, what the hell are you talking about, Declan? I just went no, on the betting even. side. It's pretty even, right? They're, they're pretty even. They're like, right, in, in terms of winning the whole World Cup, U.S. is a plus 15,000 and Wales is a plus 20,000. So okay. they're right. They're yeah. right in there. That's they're fair. with uh, England, Wales, and Iran in Group B. I believe the top two usually move on. I think as uh, look at me being a soccer guy. Where's Jonathan Harrison? I need to. I need to delegate to him yeah, here. Be careful. careful. Pat will be like Declan. You love soccer. Tell us about the World Cup. I love how like Roycey used to either think that you were Jonathan Harrison or that you just looked like a guy that liked soccer. 
That's well, what I think. Because you I wear think like Puma shirts or something. Yeah, I think the yeah. latter is probably safe to safe to assume yeah. there. He just assumed Declan looks like a guy that yeah. probably likes soccer. You guys with good hair all like you know, soccer, so tell me about it. At least the with, the, with the Puma one, the best one I get. You know, I didn't know Diet Corey Cove worked for Score North with uh, his love of Puma, so that was uh, probably the better one I've, I've gotten. <laughs> Diet Corey Cove. That's amazing. Write this down. Um, okay, I can't help myself. I'm going to go back to the Wolves parlay oh, wow. bin here. So they have a game against Orlando. I'm going to give you a three-atom parlay for that game. We're going to see some D'Lo regression. So here's what it is. D'Lo will shoot 40 per, I'm going to say under 40% from the field. Cat will score 25 points or more. And Kyle Anderson will be a plus 10 or better. Mm. Kyle Anderson's kind of the, the glue off the he bench. He is. I like Kyle Anderson. He was a plus 17 or something in his last game. So he will give you... A plus 10 or better, Cat 25 points or more, but Dela regresses. He's feeling himself a little bit. He'll have a bad shooting night is what I'm saying. All right. Write this down. Okay, Michael, your second prediction. Mackie, I was on the Timberwolves Kool-Aid the whole summer, and after the start of the season, I was going to make some Timberwolves predictions, but I just I can't bring myself to do it. They are just being another Minnesota team that are yeah. just going to have high hopes and let you down there. So That's I'm going to stick with my Vikings predictions here, and this one will come off the board next week. Adam Thielen and TJ Hawkinson will each have a touchdown reception against the Cowboys. I like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's a that's a touchdown if that happens, or a, mm-hmm. a home run, I guess, in this case. I like it. Write this down. Still waiting for the first Hawkinson touchdown, aren't we? Yes. Correct. He's had a couple nice games, but he hasn't cashed pay dirt yet. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised by that, but yes, we are. <laughs> Otis. Otis. Oh, Otis. Otis. Down there, Otis. Oh, he, hey, guy. He, he on, didn't guy. like your prediction, dude. He's like, <laughs> I told you not to say Thielen. He's hurt too much. <laughs> the wife's just getting home from, from work today, so he's going to greet her at the door there. No, yeah, you know what? Listen to him. What a good Otis. Okay. Write this down. I will stay on the Vikings theme and give you this write that down. The Vikings have at least two more games left on Fox. There, there's two games that, are, that remain up in the air. But they have at least two more games, if not more, left on Fox, okay? Chris Myers will call at least one of them. Chris <laughs> no. My- no. Chris Myers will call at least one of them. They're 8-1. and one. They have to be out of Chris Myers' purgatory. They've got a Lions right game, dude. It sets yeah. up perfect. It sets on, up perfect dude. for a Chris Myers game. How is he, of all the talented people doing play-by-play out there? I agree. And I don't want to. I don't want this to be a personal attack, but he no, no, is, is the most confused play-by-play guy yeah, in all of America. I, I might have done that on purpose to get filled. Yeah, down. it's ridiculous. Write that down. I just he just makes every game feel like a minor league game to me. Anyways, Declan, go ahead. All right, I'll make a wild prediction here. Um, the Wild will trade, cut, or move on from Tyson Jost between now and the NHL trade deadline. So um, I'm, I'm hedging to a little bit here because I believe I have in the Judd's Hockey Show version of Write That Down, which we are also accounting for, I believe, on Mackie and Judd, Write That Down, that I said he'd have a breakout year. 20 goals for the former 10th overall pick. Uh, this mm-hmm. dude's now a healthy scratch um, and probably will be looking elsewhere. I wouldn't be surprised if he they just either put him on waivers, he just is requested out for a late-round pick. I think they'll move on from Tyson Jost between now and the NHL trade deadline. Yeah, this is also how you play the game here. This is a very smart prediction in that pushed it out. The, uh, the upside, he he taps into one hundred percent upside for this season, and pushes out the downside into next season. Hundred percent. I, I, I see what he's doing, and I respect it. 
Yeah, it's a good play. Write that down. It's a good play. I don't like oh. it, but I respect it. All right, my guy, Tiger Woods, is making oh, another comeback. Yes. This is at the Hero. You're relapsing, Mackie. You just did a Wolves <laughs> parlay, and this now you're great. doing Tiger Woods. We need to get someone to Seattle now. <laughs> Tiger Woods is I, I, I did he have like another back surgery or something? I don't know. I but don't know. He's back. He's going to play in his own tournament which is it's the annual Hero World Challenge against he brings in like I don't know 20 or 30 of the best players in the world and they play a tournament in the Bahamas for a half million dollars or something. Yeah. And so you guys are going to you're going to kind of hurt me for this. Well, you know what? I don't care about my batting average. I was I was going to say Tiger Woods will not finish last place, but I don't. The batting what? average doesn't matter for me anymore. Write this down. <laughs> Tiger Woods uh-huh. will finish top five at the Hero World Challenge. It is highly unlikely that he finishes top five. There's, I mean, this is like okay. a, one yeah. of the most stacked fields of the of the year. Tiger Woods will finish top five at the Hero World Challenge. I like it. Okay. It is time for a sports intervention with Phil Mackey. <laughs> Phil, we like you, but we don't like what you're doing today, okay? I just want Tiger Woods to give me one more run. One more run, man. Come on. Arnold Palmer. <laughs> well, uh, rise okay. up. Back to back to Michael for your third and final prediction. Well, for my third prediction here, write this down. The Minnesota Vikings will finish the season 14-3 and and the number one seed in the NFC. Oh, oh snap. Yeah. So that oh, means a little, little Eagles tumble is what you're predicting, too. I think the Eagles got a couple more losses against the Cowboys, one in there, and one against the Giants. And I think they stumble somewhere. Maybe the Packers beat them, or uh, I think maybe they play the Colts. I'm not sure if they play the Titans or not, but I think – I think they stumble a little bit there. And off the record, I think the Vikings lose to the Patriots on Thursday night football on Thanksgiving. And then we lose to the Bears after we've already sealed up number one seed in the hmm. final game this season. Okay. Okay. And I predict that people are going to freak out whenever the Vikings lose again because we're not like quite used to this roller coaster here. But it's okay. If they do lose a game or two, it's okay. They've shown you what they can do at their peak at Buffalo. So. Yeah, yeah. Judge, don't ahead. cost yourself. Just don't cost yourself home field, which they did in 2009, 17. So lose games, that's fine. You're going to don't cost yourself home field. Yep. Get all, get the buy first of all, and then the home games. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, all right, Michael and Otis, if he's still around, since you've got this life changing platform here on Score North, Mackie and Jez, or anyone in your life you'd like to thank that brought you to this pinnacle moment. Uh, well, I would definitely like to thank my wife. She, uh, you know, knows Sundays are for the Vikings, you know, and so we sit there and watch the game every single Sunday or, or you know, I guess Monday or Thursday night. Um, I'd also like to obviously thank my brothers and my dad, you know, for being, making me a Minnesota fan. You know, it's, there's a lot of, a lot of downs, but you know, when, when the ups are up, it's a lot of fun. So, you know, it's, I just appreciate you guys, you know, having this platform allowing me to listen to all my Minnesota sports each and every single day. It makes makes my day go by a little bit quicker there. So I just appreciate you guys and you know, thanks for having me on. Love it. Michael, great work. I'll definitely have to get you and Otis on again sometime. Thanks for coming on. Hi, dude. Otis. Good Same luck with your thanks, predictions. <laughs> Who's a good boy? Otis is a good boy. Who loves their sports teams? Otis loves his sports teams. Judd, maybe you can be a good boy and tell us about a great gift idea for the holiday season for our Mackie and Judd listeners. 
In fact, I can tell you this with complete confidence. I am wrong on write that down and in life. But you know what? Write this down. If you're looking for a gift for, for the holidays, uh, you know, Christmas, birthdays, Spiral Light Candles. SpiralCandles.com is the place to go. Your wife, your whomever in your life will absolutely love these. Uh, they're, they're cool because they burn, as they say, spirally. But then there's a wick at the end that you can light, and it gives you a great aroma. It lights up your house in a very positive way. And don't forget the Purple Positivity candle. So for you Purple fans, the team is hot. Well, you know what? As you watch the Vikings win games, have a spiral light candle, uh, Judd's pretty candle burning right by you spiralightcandles.com it is your ticket to great holiday gifts spiralightcandles.com all right we've got uh, a couple more predictions here we'll go around the room for the final time all right judd give us your your final prediction okay i'm also going to like declan give you a a wild prediction although this probably falls more like a phil mackey wolves prediction as far as the essence of it Marco Rossi will end up centering Kirill Kaprizov and Zuccarello before the month is done. There are five games starting Thursday against the Penguins, all at the X. Um, at some point in time here, they are going to put the young man, Marco Rossi, in between their two wings, uh, who are scuffling right now. And so before November is done, he will end up centering that, that line and it will be on the chart as well. So it, okay, it can't yes. be like he just steps yeah. on the ice and and then okay. off the line. So like we, we will have visual evidence from a line chart that the Wild has published that will say Kaprizov, Rossi, Zuccarello. Yes, and huh? I will present that yes. as Exhibit A. I was going to say. Okay. All right. Write this down. I love, I love how you guys just keep going back to the – the hopeful Rossi. I thought you were going to make it. I thought you were going to make the Rossi goal one again. I was like, is someone going to do this again? Because I wouldn't blame you. But I no. think they only played no, two I games I... again because the NHL scheduling is no. the dumbest thing in the planet. So I'm not no. doing it. Okay. Okay. All right, Dex. What's your third and final? Prediction? All right. So I wasn't going to make a prediction about this team until it felt like my heart was ready to do so. But I just can't help myself. Um, I'm going to make a Minnesota Twins prediction. So uh, I was talking with Doogie on Tuesday about what this. The hell's going on today? And this is there's some real sickness in this. <laughs> this is going to be a classic Twins signing. Uh, so I saw <laughs> oh, yeah. that the Twins had some interest in this in this guy, like aggregating. I don't know how serious the interest is, but this is classic Twins signing. This guy's a free agent. He was good three or four years ago. So why not the Twins bring him in as a back end option? Write this down. The Twins will sign Mike Clevinger to a contract this season. Yes, I love Mike Clevinger. I like him too as a dude. But, How many I mean, times has he had elbow surgery? Twice. Hold on. Let's wait. Let's twice. Google Two times twice. Mike Clevenger injury. Let's do something that the, that the Twins rarely do. Mike Clevenger injury. He's had two, I believe, ace, uh, two UCL surgeries or two arm surgeries. He had okay, one in two thousand. He... he missed twenty twenty one with one. Um, and then had another one. I think he had another one when he was young, potentially. All right, Mike Clevenger. Let's Google. So he had an illness of some kind. Let's now Google elbow. Yep, Tommy John in 2020 for sure. Uh, okay, so let's can we can someone forward this Google search to the Twins front office just to make sure that they're aware of his injury and illness history? D. Falvey at uh, TwinsBaseball.com, right? Uh, yes, and Falvey I, was yeah, he a great connection. It's the Cleveland connection. He had yeah, reconstructive yeah, arm surgery in 2013, the first time. Off the record, I'm saying it's 
Corey Kluber. That he's going to sign Corey Kluber. Did he throw a no hitter this season? Yes, I, don't, I think. I'm pretty don't sure either. he threw a no hitter this season. He might have for Tampa Bay. Just get that whole 2016 to Cleveland Bay. staff together. That's Let's a great it. prediction, I, though, Dex. I, I love Clevenger. So right. Cool dude. But uh, it, it's classic. It's classic twins. He'll he'll he's someone who was really good four years ago, who is yeah. now falling off a cliff with this stuff not being as good, and they'll sign him as a back end option. Yeah, no, this is good. This is good. Okay, all right. My third and final prediction here. Write this down. Marco Rossi will score oh his God. first NHL goal between yeah, now <laughs> and next week's. Write that down. And you know, okay, that's fine. Actually, yeah. you know what? You know what? Between now and Thanksgiving, I'm going to give myself a third game. To get this prediction correct, Thanksgiving Eve, I believe they do play at home again. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, they play Wednesday night next week. So Marco Rossi will score his yes. first career NHL goal between now and Thanksgiving. Write it down. I'm gonna. I'm basically. I'm just like standing at the back post right now. Just I'm yeah. gonna clean up the mess that you guys have created in front of the net here. Yep. That's how this Write is gonna this work. Down. It's a tip in drill. <laughs> so all right, there are your predictions, your accountabilities, and uh, our guest listener predictor Michael. Great job by him. Purple Daily. You can check that out if you want your daily fix of Vikings. And thank you guys for helping us get over 50,000 YouTube subscribers between. We just hit 20,000 on the Score North channel and over 30,000 on the Purple Daily channel. So thank you all for helping us build this sometimes often suffering Minnesota sports community. We'll see you guys tomorrow for Reckless Speculation Thursday. All right. Hey, guys. It's Mackie and Judd here uh, with our friend Mike Schoonover. And eight years ago this week... Uh, Mike, in fact, Mike, I'm I'm just going to turn it over to you to tell the story. I don't think we can do your story justice and everything that has come of it uh, the last eight years, but your family suffered an unspeakable tragedy uh, that you are now carrying a torch forward to help potentially other kids and young adults avoid the same tragedy. And so we're happy to have you on the show, and, and we will we will have an ask of our audience here shortly, but... Hello, and please tell your story to our audience, Mike. Okay, thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, uh, in uh, November uh, 14th, 2014, uh, we went up to Brainerd. Uh, my wife, Gail, and Matthew, our youngest son, Matthew, and Patrick went up for a hockey tournament. Uh, the Bantam AA ECU team was playing uh, YZ on a Friday afternoon game. And so um, uh, Patrick ended up scoring... Um, uh, or Wyzetta scored a goal, and then Patrick ended up scoring a goal as well. And so we've never seen him so happy. Uh, the smile on his face, the picture on the website with uh, him and his buddies after he scored is just uh, is very precious and very meaningful. But uh, anyway, a few minutes later, he got checked, and it was uh, it was not a malicious check. It wasn't anything uh, dirty or anything like that. It was just a plain, it was a really good hockey check. And so uh, the problem was is that Patrick had to um, underlying heart conditions that we didn't know about. And, uh, the one that caused his death, uh, was, uh, aortic aneurysm in his heart. So it just meant that, um, it was like a garden hose being pinched. It's got high pressure on one side and low pressure on the other, and it caused an, an aneurysm or a ballooning of his uh, aorta. And so when he got impacted, it burst. And so, um, he passed away immediately. Uh, he didn't know what hit him. And so, uh, we, he had four doctor visits in the last two years of his life, and he did have high blood pressure, and uh, nothing was ever said to us about that. And uh, it was just kind of brushed off as that's normal for kids. They're nervous uh, being in the doctor's office, or maybe they had some energy drinks or whatever, but uh, high blood pressure is high blood pressure. 
And so uh, that's one of the things that we want to make sure that folks pay attention to with their kids is if they do have high blood pressure, pay attention to it because there's a reason. And um, and so after he passed, we wanted to find out more about underlying heart conditions and how how uh, and what we did learn is that it's very frequent for student athletes to pass away from those uh, undetected heart conditions. And so we started the Patrick Schoonover Heart Foundation and uh, our foundation um, provides uh, uh, free play for Patrick heart screens to kids 14 to 24 years old. Uh, generally speaking, it's in the metro area um, and it's usually at a high school and uh, we have uh, maybe four or five per year and uh, we screen kids. We, we take their height and their weight. We take their blood pressure. Uh, we do a 12 lead EKG uh, to check the electrical rhythm of their heart. And then we also do a uh, echocardiogram uh, on their heart, which takes a picture of uh, different pictures of the heart to see what the structure of their heart is like. Uh, they get to talk with a cardiologist or a medical doctor with their parents and go over their results and learn more about their heart. And then uh, we also teach them how to do CPR, how to use an AED. And then uh, our foundation donates an AED to the host school. So uh, we've had uh, 26 screenings in the last seven, eight years, uh, screened over 4,000 kids and, uh, and found uh, you know, well over 200 kids that have had high, high blood pressure and another 200 kids, 250 kids that have either an electrical or structural heart defect. So uh, Patrick's doing good work and um, he's smiling down, down uh, from where he's at right now. That's a great story. So how, how did, did you then, uh, you know, after such an unspeakable tragedy, how did you re- regroup as a parent, but also think, okay, this is awful, but, but then to have the ability to, to say that you don't want this to, to certainly occur with people and families, uh, how, how did the genesis of that start to try and make as big a positive as possible out of something that was so awful? Well, it was uh, so that it was uh, Patrick passed on a Friday, uh, Friday, uh, early evening. And um, and they actually shut the tournament down. Nobody, you know, that the, it was a big tournament. The, the Blue, uh, Blue Ox tournament um, is a big Bantam tournament. So they shut the tournament down and and um, the whole hockey world was abuzz with with the passing of a hockey player on the ice. So uh, we didn't know that it was a heart condition at the time. We only found that out, you know, a couple of days later after the medical examiner's report. Uh, but in the meantime, we, we thought it was a broken neck or a head injury or something along those lines. So, so hockey was on the hot seat for a little bit there because it was a hockey injury. But um, after we kind of uh, gained our senses, we had so much support from the community and in the Minnesota hockey world and, and actually the national hockey world, it was just amazing uh, how, many, how many people reached out and supported us and, and, um, and helped us get through it. So after we learned that it was a heart condition um, that just got us on a, on the path of, we got to figure out what's going on here and, and realizing that it is quite common for student athletes to pass away from that. And uh, we did not want parents to feel what we were feeling. So, um, so he lives on with, uh, you know, with what we're doing and we're able to talk about him a lot and, and, uh, he's able to help, you know, our family is able to help others. And Patrick is able to, to spread the word of, of, uh, healthy hearts in, in young athletes. Cause a lot of this, a lot of stuff we find out is, <clears throat> is things that aren't found out until people are older. And then it, it causes 
lifestyle changes. You know, people aren't healthy then. And, you know, if you don't have a good heart, you're not living a healthy lifestyle or you're not able to exercise. So, so it's really important to, to, you know, that we're finding this early and we're just, we'd really like to work ourselves out of a job here and have these screenings be part of a, of a sports physical or a regular physical or some type of new physical for young people uh, to test the heart. So, um, because I think we'd save a lot of folks from uh, some illness and that type of thing if they know that they have a bad heart to begin with, you know? Um, so sometimes it's too late. People are too old to have heart surgery or or they're not able to have a valve replaced or doing something along those lines. So, so that's really, you know, we hope we can work ourselves out of a job here and let the medical community take over. And so, you know, we would love this week. So it's, it's give to the max days this week. And we would love to even just raise a thousand dollars and, and, and kind of go from there here on score North. So I guess our ask to you guys, the audience is if you can even give a few dollars, $20, $50, whatever it is, to givemn.org slash score for Patrick. That's S-K-O-R for Patrick. Givemn.org slash score for Patrick. And um and we would just love to see if, if we can raise some money and and, and move this cause forward and and uh, help the Patrick Schoonover Heart Foundation. So Mike, any any final words from you here as we uh as we say goodbye for now and, and look to raise some money? Well, thank you for doing this, and and the listeners should know that um, all of our uh, we're all volunteer based. There's no paid staff. Uh, we watch our money. We utilize our money well, and uh, we, all the money goes towards buying uh, really good equipment so that we can test these kids. and uh, And then we also do have to pay some medical professionals to come and help us because uh, they are they are uh, very short. Uh, uh, the supply of medical professionals is short, so we gotta. Uh, sometimes pay those folks, but, uh, but yeah, so thanks a lot. And, and, uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. And again, the website is give org slash score for Patrick S K O R for Patrick, uh, Mike Schoonover and the, uh, Patrick Schoonover heart foundation. Thank you guys, Mackie and Judd.